Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sango, and today I have a session for you from the Digiday Content Marketing Summit. In this session, Digiday Shireen Patak talks to Eileen Rivera, the Senior Director of Production at Fandango. Rivera will break down the video production strategy at the company. Tell me about the video you do at Fandango. Well, the videos that we do at Fandango are primarily to get people, obviously, interested in the movie, in movie going and getting butts in some seats. Uh, because as you know, as we know, Fandango's primary business is ticketing. Uh, so for content creation, we've hired a ton of movie lovers, movie fans, movie nerds, and what we want to show is sort of that love for the movie-going experience and get really excited in many different ways. And we have a ton of brands uh, that Fandango has um, purchased over the years. So Fandango, we've got Rotten Tomatoes, we've got another uh, brand, Movie Clips, that maybe some of you have watched trailers uh, on YouTube from. So uh, it, it's a, that's the content that we're trying to show is we're trying to engage with our audience Audience, how much we love and how much we want to talk and discuss and debate the mm -hmm. movie-going experience. So, I mean, some of that is clearly just from movies that are upcoming. So that's mm -hmm. just, you know, taking them and maybe turning them into shorter clips and making fun things out of them. How much of this is sort of like what you'd call, I don't know, creating some kind of like original video content? What does that look like? That's primarily my team, is okay. to create the original video mm -hmm. content. So we have, we'll go out to what's called junkets and we'll get access to uh, actors and talk to them about their films. But we'll also throw in a couple of fun questions that are about the movie going experience like for our social. Uh, handles. So, um, so that's the kind of example. So we'll throw yeah. in a couple of like, how, where do you watch films? What mm -hmm. do you eat? And that kind of thing. And that actually shows hopefully an emotional connection and a connection with the audience. Like, ah, that's what I do. I like to sit in that seat too. Or, yeah. oh yeah, I hate it when, you know, I hate going in when the trailers start and, yeah. uh, you know, people are coming in front of me. So anyway. So how many videos do you make? Like a we month? probably make on a week uh, at this point in this juncture. Uh, 10 to 15 videos. Okay. Now that could be short 10 second snippets, okay. uh, 30 second up to, you know, three to four minutes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on a weekly basis. Okay. And Tell we're ramping that up as we speak. Tell me about the team that's sort of making this, because I think one thing we've talked about a lot is making great video, yeah. really hard, really expensive, who does it? Yeah, and I, you know, what, what I hope to relay here, you know, I've spent the last year and a half sort of building this team. When I started, it was about three or four people. And then we had some, we had some evolutions and people came and went. Now I'm up to like 15, but it took a while to get there. And you know, you don't need a lot to start. You can actually just start with your phone. Uh, if you want to upgrade, then it, for about two to three thousand dollars, you can get a really good kit with a camera and a good mic and audio, and then you just need you know, someone who's a running gun person who can both shoot and edit. And you can probably get at least, you know, if you're just working on social stuff, four to five videos out a week, which is pretty good. Okay. And then you can translate that into whatever platform you know, you're working on. But um, we started with a social first strategy last year. Uh, since then, we've doubled our footprint and so we've been able to kind of evolve, and now we're, look, we're looking into partnering more with our ad sales team and going into branded content, uh, which then is now parlaying into the next evolution, which is O&O and original content videos cool. and long-form shows that'll be weekly. So Let's go yeah. through all of those. Yeah. Um, so sort of social videos yeah. sort of covered. Um, where, do, where, do you, where do you mostly distribute them? We distribute them, uh, for a while, Facebook was the lead horse. Okay. 
Uh, and then we kind of, you know, we're like, okay, great, yeah, we'll also put some of those videos on YouTube. Uh, and then Twitter, huh. and then Instagram. Instagram is sort of like our revolution where we're like, I can't believe, you know, yeah. the, the growth year over year for Instagram is, has been there. And now mm -hmm. with IGTV and stories, there's so many different ways that we yeah. can kind of play with content. And it's also frustrating in a way because, you know, we'll have our social team who lead the platforms. It's like, you know what, Aileen, we need the 16.9. And then the next day, which is widescreen. And then the next day, well, actually, we just want square. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, you know, so that's some of the, the pros and cons well, over the, the thing year. With the platforms is just a lot, everyone is different. Every mm -hmm. single one is different. And we were talking about this earlier, but just just the idea of having to take one thing and then make 14 things out of it 100%. is really stressing people out. It stresses people out. You get eye rolls from my team. Uh, but I have to say, I think it's made us better storytellers because okay. over the year and a half that we've learned how to do this, it's literally like automatic knowing, all right, for, for Facebook, they don't want the show open. Great. Know that already. Cut that out. No, no tail at the end. But for YouTube, we're going to do that. And it's literally become more of a, um, it's more ingrained yeah. in what we need to do. And, but quite frankly, things are always changing. So that's the other thing is you need to find nimble and flexible mindsets yeah. on your team. Uh, because every day the platforms are changing. Yeah, especially with Facebook, I think sort of, uh, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit already, but I'm curious because you clearly used to use Facebook a lot, and, yeah. but now you've found a lot of success with a lot of other platforms. That's correct. Um, what actually changed with Facebook? What did you notice in kind of the numbers and everything that sort of made you think, okay, maybe other places are, might be well, more beneficial for I us? I think in terms of video, I think there's still something there. Um, we actually had a Facebook watch show last year, so we did 10 episodes of a movie review show, and we're going to continue that on uh, all other platforms uh, later this year. But, um, you know, the retention rate, the watch, isn't there as much as it is on YouTube. So that's where our long form still is. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems to me like the audience is still playing catch up and they just like the really quick hits. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times the social team would kind of lean on more graphical uh, or, mo you know, short 10 second motion graphic okay. videos rather than, you know, long form, rather than that video that you saw mm -hmm. there. We chopped, probably you saw at the beginning the, 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 the eating and the seating uh, video. What you were seeing was the YouTube video mm -hmm. and only half of that. Uh, we probably played about 30 seconds of that for Facebook yeah. instead. Yeah. I'm curious about this because we'd, we'd actually called one of our reporters, our video reporter, C. Hill, had called up, I think, like 50 publishers a few months ago just to ask, like, how are their videos being watched? And this was on the publishing side. And I think it was 85 to 90% of them were without sound. Mm -hmm. And this was something that they didn't actually realize until they started digging into it. Yes. And these are publishers. Um, what have you sort of found with like the sound versus no sound? And how 100%. have you adapted that? We have had to adopt captions like no other. That's another part of the editing step. So a lot of the platforms will have tools that can do automatic captioning. Mm -hmm. but that's not good enough. Because if they're going to share and it's going to go off to another platform, you're going to lose those captions. Mm -hmm. and I, I find myself at night, too, looking through my feed on my phone without sound all the time. And so if I see something without captions, I probably are going to skip it. So right. even though that was such a hard, sort of laborious thing to bear for our team, we're like, no, we know we have to do captions. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so important. I think engagement has gone up. I think um, you know watch time has gone up, especially when you put captions, I'm not saying that for YouTube, to be yeah. honest, but for all of the other social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, How much and just kind of autoplay then play a part in that? Because autoplay is obviously giving you some three seconds, actually, potentially. With, oh, you mean on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Does that, but is I that think what you, you want, have though? to, you just have is to learn the want. art of hooking them at the top right. with something that isn't just, 
Well, my question is, I think screen. that, because I think sometimes with autoplay, what ends up happening is you're still hitting the whatever, the viewability metric, whatever internally mm -hmm. you might have set. And, oh, th our video did really, really well, mm -hmm. when actually it didn't do well. And I think mm -hmm. it takes, it's requiring kind of marketers to just be so much smarter if more analytical when it comes to a lot of right. these metrics, especially with video, because everyone is excited about it, but it is really hard to do. So when we started, it wasn't even about the views, it was about the shares. Okay. So taking a look at the shares and the commenting, and then in third tier was the like, mm -hmm. and then um, for video, the likes were probably uh, the same tier as the views, because okay. we knew that. So. Um, really what we were looking at in terms of success is how far was this getting shared. That's why the captions are so important, because if you don't have captions on there and it's getting shared elsewhere, you've lost that engagement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, tell me a little bit about sort of, you know, sort of moving on now from social to what you want to do next. I think you're trying to do more things with like sort of longer branded content. We are. And then eventually owned and operated. Walk us through what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah, so I think we're leaning in a lot. Um, a big brand of ours is Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't know if a lot of you go to the tomato meter to find out uh, what if the movie, if you want to go see the movie or not, but, but that uh, leaning into that brand and leaning into debate and discussion is where we're going to go next. And so what we're doing is we're creating a lot of new shows that are adding not only what you read on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which is the critic's voice, mm -hmm. but also adding the audience voice. Mm -hmm. And so we just came off a success, successful Comic-Con. Um, this is probably a little harder um, in, in tone um, than what you saw earlier, mm -hmm. but uh, we did a live event there and it was called Your Opinion Sucks. I know it's an interesting title. And here's a 30 second, this is one of our paid marketing campaigns uh, after the whole event. What has been kind of the hardest part of, because you, know, you started with Edit Company and you had only a few people, you've had this sort of slow burn, but mm -hmm. um, what has been the hardest part of actually making this happen? Is it internal buy-in or was there other, were there other things? That I wouldn't say it's internal buy-in, I think it's prioritization. Prioritization of, uh, and focusing, because you have to find your priorities first because everything will follow, right? Mm -hmm. So when we did social first, it was like, okay, well, what platform, guys? Because I can't do it for all. So we focused on Facebook, Facebook. and then added Instagram, and then added Twitter. You know, and then um, and then by showing that growth and showing a steady um, positive incline, then we're able to get more resources mm -hmm. uh, to grow and to move into other directions. Which is yeah. like, okay, now we've got the talent who can actually make branded content. Now we've got the talent who can do big shows like this. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, it's not just us internally. We are partnering with with vendors externally as well. Um, I think the hardest part was like everybody wanted it to happen all at once, and you can't do that. You just have to know, nope, this is our lane. This is what we're going to do. We're going to get to the, I wanted to be at that holy grail when I first, I wanted to do what I just showed you, that mm -hmm. video, when I first started, and that wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. You have to start slowly and just be patient. And so it's all about prioritization and kind of reinforcing, like, nope, we're starting here. It's very small. I know it doesn't seem like much yet, but we're going to get there. Yeah. And so just constantly reminding stakeholders and, you know, executives above, and they have been completely supportive of this evolution and to get to where we're at today. So, yeah. Um, we're supposed to talk about the future yeah. of video. Um, so what is the future? Well, the future, I know uh, I have one it's particular... virtual reality. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. I have one particular member of my team who's constantly throwing me new AR, VR uh, experiences, and we definitely want to do that. And uh, we're tinkering right now and working with some platforms uh, to evolve uh, AR and VR. Because it's not quite there from, like, a usability... I mean, we've 
heard about VR, mm -hmm. I think in different forms for a few years now. Um, I think barring like a Game of Thrones experience and mm -hmm. then the Westworld thing at South by, I don't think I've right. actually tried it. Yeah. Um, but I think beyond sort of experiential, kind of using a platform and then working with them to do this thing still seems like a little bit far away. Yeah, but I think some of the tools that we're starting to see uh, are feeding into that audience engagement, and mm -hmm. that's the key is like, are these tools enough to get people to kind of vote or play games mm -hmm. or do something that will communicate with your brand? And that's what we're exploring right now. Okay. Uh, and I think, I think it's kind of close. I don't know, we'll see. How many months? Three or four months, maybe. Right, I'm we'll hold see you something. To it. I know. We'll I'll see. Call you you in can four revisit me in three or four months. <laughs> I've been told this thing that we're working on might be something. So we'll see. Good. We have a few minutes for questions, Eileen. What you showed with the your opinion sucks. And yeah. What we've heard a lot in the past day or two is about video and a lot of brands becoming their own producers or working with partners to produce a lot of video. And obviously, video is quite expensive to produce. So I'm curious. How did you make the case for that, or was there another budget that you decided to deprioritize um, to be able to make video happen? You mean video as a whole, or just this event? More the bigger branded content like Your Opinion Sucks. Yeah, so that has been in the, in the works for a while. We've been refining that event um, as just an event in a room at conferences like Comic-Con or South By without cameras, without you know, um, graphics and, and so forth. So that has been sort of a year in the making as well. Um, we actually produced a show very similar like that last year, but no one saw the light, it never showed the light of day unless you were in that room. So um, I think, it, again, it's been that sort of evolution. We did have that budget aside. We knew that we were going to produce this event, but that took a lot of conditioning with marketing and sales and PR and just to make sure all the, our stakeholders uh, were on board that we knew we were going to throw a lot of eggs in our basket for this big event mm -hmm. with the hopes of getting a sponsorship, you know, later. And I think, you know, I'm really proud of the team. I think everybody did a, a great job this year. So, um, but yes, we did have budget aside. It's not that we deprioritize something else. Um, I guess you could say, you know, we held off on sort of starting our new original programming because now we're working and brainstorming that right now because we needed to sh to do this event. But we always had, we never stopped doing social, we never stopped doing sort of our, our in-studio interviews and things like that, but um, probably we diminished maybe 20 to 30% of that while we were uh, working on this show because a lot of this mm -hmm. was done uh, internally. Cool, any more questions? one up here. So um, <clears throat> going back even before that particular event, yeah. did you go into social media video first already, or was that also an evolution? And if so, did you have to pull back on something else to do that? Well, I was hired to be video first. So we have a team that's dedicated to um, audience development and the social platforms. And they're also content producing as well, but more graphically and taking pictures and things like that. Uh, whereas when I came on board, I knew it was the beginning of video and that we were going to expand. And it was, like I mentioned, you know, a, a slower burn to get to where we're at now, but I always knew we were gonna get there. Just, you know, all about patience, I guess. Does that answer your question enough or? 
There was already buy-in. That is, that is correct, yeah. Do you have any tips for people who might not have that buy-in? I mean, I guess if they don't have that buy-in, you know, I would ask them, well, do you consume video? How much consumption of video do you do on a personal basis? Uh, and then maybe point to some of the brands that are doing it. Because I feel like everyone's, maybe it's just me because I'm in this, I'm, this is my world, but I feel like everyone's watching video on their phone. Everyone's watching video somehow, some way. I mean, that's why, you know, we've got Netflix and streaming and, you know, there's so many different ways to watch video on the go now. Um, I hope that wouldn't be uh, such a buy-in for you. I don't know if that's the best tip I could give, <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. Eileen, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for your time. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor.fm. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode.